And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Disney won't stop. Hope Molinex and Chris Honeywell have finished Clone Wars twice and Rebels once. Now they move on to Resistance and beyond. I'm Gene Gene, the MC Machine, and this is J-Guys and Jedi. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Star Wars Resistance. In this episode, Kaz and Nora hatch a plan to rescue their friends. But the bounty hunter acts to grin, looks to capture them once and for all. There will be... Tyranny is just having, like, the best time torturing people. Pyre does nothing, which is what he's really good at. Kaz wishes he kills a man. And CB23 is the best girl ever. We are talking about Breakout this week. How you doing, Chris? I have that exact note. I just said like four notes. The CB23 well, the line the about girl. Kaz wanting a man dead. Oh, I have that note too. That's a moment. Masters. What are you? What are you? Uh, Niku now? <laughs> or Tora? They have killed men and they will kill again. Yep. No, I definitely have a note about that. That's a very interesting moment mm-hmm. that I really do want to talk about. So. Uh huh. I don't know if that moment was supposed to be as like stand out as much as it did, but it did. <laughs> no, well, that's kind of like we've been saying that about Resistance the whole time. Like on the surface, it seems like a light and happy show. But when you actually think about the story, when you think about the dialogue, when you actually think about what's happening, it's surprisingly dark and deep. Like that's it that's points, what we've been yeah, talking about parts, the whole time. Yeah. That's the thing. It's a, just a par- it points, you know, so you don't you're, you're not expecting it when when it does happen. It's just sort of like, hey, <laughs> yeah, like, it's oh. like it's like the first time it's like the first time on Rebels where we're like, oh, that's stu- stormtroopers definitely dead. Wow. <laughs> oh, Sabine shot him point blank in the face. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. OK, well, they're not stunning them. All right. Fine. Um, yeah. Do you have a good week? Yes. Yeah, I had a um, I had a really I had a really long week. At, I, I had a long week at work because it was hot. It was hot and busy at work, so it was draining. And then Thursday, Thursday I worked all day, and then I came home, took a shower, went to see a concert, and then went back to work Friday for a double shift. But after that, I've got a week off, so I've been. I've been relaxing, chillaxing the last few days. I've been doing a lot of like, like editing podcasts and stuff like I normally do, but I haven't been like doing what I could have done, which is like getting ahead with my podcast. <laughs> your vacation. Yeah. You must cer- certainly shouldn't edit episodes of Hoping Scrolls Watch Cartoons for me. Oh, should I? No. <laughs> yeah. No, that was the uh, deal. I went out. I went out with my housemate today. We got a dehumidifier and a new garbage can for our kitchen, and we got an Oscar, a good old fashioned Oscar the Grouch with a lid. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Yeah. I uh yeah yeah because all too. the plastic ones have that. Sorry, but all the plastic 
garbage can thing. Either they're either the like the kitchen garbage cans now are either the kind where you have to push push the foot thing. Yeah. And if you get a cheap what you know an afford cheap I should say affordable one of those, it, the mechanism goes piss wacky after a while, so they're expensive. And all the other ones that with a lid on them for the kitchen have that weird swivel lid where you got to take whatever you're throwing out and sort of press it against the lid and it'll flip around and stuff. And then it'll, sometimes it'll flip off the top of the garbage can and they, they suck. They suck. So we really? were like, you know what? Let's because we had one of those and the lid just broke and was crappy and was gone. And now we have this open, stinky garbage. Well, not anymore. Now we have a. A regular old Oscar the Grouch, Billy nice shiny, a, shiny can. Billy has a uh, a uh, motion sensor garbage can, and every time I walk by it, it scares the shit out of me because it just it like, like pops open, opens its mouth. It's like ah. I know, and it scares me every time. I'm just like, you know, you know how I feel about droids and stuff like that. And so there's this machine that every time I pop, go by, it goes, hey, and I'm like, ah. It should have a, a red light in it, so it looks like a just a pit of hell open it just like brown glowing red light coming <laughs> from it feed me feed me seymour no no it's uh no no um i had, it was hot here this week but i've had a good week i've just been um when i haven't been podcast editing i've just been piddling around on fan fiction i did write a piece for the geeky waffle because saturday was remembering resistance day so I actually wrote a piece over there, and sadly Chris can't read it because it has spoilers for the finale, and I told him not to read it. I saw but, it, but I scrolled right by. Yeah, yeah, it has spoilers for the finale. But it was about uh, uh, Rucklin and Kaz, and pretty much they're it's pretty much what we've been talking Sitting about. In a tree. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but pretty much what, everything we've been talking about up to this point about how they could have easily been each other's characters if they had just made different choices and exploring their journey and stuff. So you can see that over on the Geeky Waffle. Um, I was really happy that they let me write a piece for them for Remembering Resistance Day. So go ch- even though it came out a few weeks ago, go look it up and check that out. And right now, Ida's on top of us. We, we are... God, God bless New Orleans. I hope everyone's doing okay down there. Um, uh, but right now we have a tropical storm Ida just moseying right over our house. So let's hope we don't lose power. <laughs> that would suck. So, but what did you think about Breakout? I, I really liked this episode. Did you like it more than the last episode? I did. And I could have liked it more, but I liked it more than the last episode, which I liked I, a lot. Yeah, yeah. I liked I, it a lot. Like, I, I liked them both the same, and I'm glad it was a two-parter, because I could see them trying to squish the two episodes together, and I'm glad that they didn't, because that would have been a lot for 22 minutes. I think they could have squeezed a little more Tam in here, although the 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 what they did do it i don't know if they meant to do it but i did actually get a note about tam out of this episode mm-hmm. at some I, point of the second act i thought about that a couple times about if they peppered in tam more like putting her in a tie fighter facing off against the aces and the colossus and or just I, I, being there witness witnessing it going going down and you know and and them sort of maybe you know seeing how she react you know seeing how she reacted seeing if she reacted when they were closing in or whatever you know something like that you didn't like there wasn't really any room for another like even 
not fully formed storyline in this. So you couldn't have put a lot in it, but you could have, it could have been in there. I think that if they had like a small scene last week and a small scene this week together, they would have made a good one scene. Right, right. Yeah, I, I feel you on that one. Um, because I, I was thinking that too, like when they were sending out the TIE fighters, like what if Rucklin was in one of those, these, he'd just be like, fuck you, Cass. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, well, possibly cut this out. I'll let you know. Um, we have an announcement at the end of the episode for our guest next week. And I'm very excited about them. And there's, they're such great people, and I'm so really excited about this. So sit through the episode to find out who's going to be on our show next week, everybody. Ha-ha! That's anyway. right, no cheating. No cheating, no cheating. Well, you ready again to break out? I'm ready. <clears throat> Breakout is the 34th episode of Star Wars Resistance. You ready for the pain? It aired on December 29th. 2019 so happy new year 2020 because uh what we didn't know when this Yikes. episode came out i know right i was thinking about that i was like I just like last time it seemed a lot longer ago i know and i just remember just being like oh cool like new year's star wars episode 2020's gonna be great <laughs> <laughs> but it's also kind of crazy to think that like Disney Plus wasn't running at that time either because Clone Wars didn't start till like what May or April? No, yeah, right around April because the last episode was May the fourth. So yeah, or, or March. So Disney Plus hadn't even launched yet. But um, yeah, I was thinking about that as I was writing that. I was like, oh, what we didn't know then when this episode came out. <laughs> no COVID. No elections. Uh, no, uh, yeah. Very close, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was written by Stephen Melching and directed by Stuart Lee. And some extra information for you. This episode almost included a third resistance spy. Her name, uh, her name was Amleto, and she was an, an Yellowman. Yellowman. And while, and while she was eventually kept from the arc, the character was fully designed. Amleto's key moments in the episode was replaced by a citizen who was the guy that they pretty much kidnapped and was just like, can we hide in your house? <laughs> um, although the citizen did not speak basic, the dialogue was actually written in the script to convey what the alien gibberish needed to sound like. I have a note about that because something very interesting happened three times in this episode that's never, ever, ever happened on Disney+. Plus. And I was talking with our friends Brad and Sarah from Friends of the Force and Allie from Knights of Ren about it earlier today. It's very weird, but I'll come back to that. Um, and finally, Duros in Stormtrooper armor has a has a way of re reappearing in Star Wars storytelling. In the Clone Wars, it was Cad Bane disguising himself as a clone trooper. In Legend Stories, the mouse, a Duros rebel agent, uh, disguised himself as a stormtrooper in the comic Star Wars Empire. And finally, Norath gets to join the fun Duros and Stormtrooper party and join their ranks. You know who I don't, you know who also segues? Oh. Sorry, Yoda, I didn't have a good way of going into you that time. Sorry. Hi, honey. Oh, oh are you on a segue? Yoda uses oh. sig signature voice noise for segue. Uh -huh. Now I'm just imagining you riding around on a tiny, tiny Segway. 
Mm, oh, oh it did have segue in episode three, yes. Yeah, and just kind nope. of like just no wheels. Wee! Oh, why would you do in episode three? Oh, you had your space segue. I remember yeah. that now. Yeah. Oh. Well. Everybody got... liked to put Yoda on all the fun toys. Yes, yeah, so cute. I don't know why I just thought of you on a treadmill, and that image is just so funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> just float above it, I would. Yeah, yeah. Be like, look, I'm going 90! <laughs> anyway, Yoda, I got a question for you. A question for Yoda, yes. Yoda answers all questions. Ask Yoda anything. Well, in this episode, Kaz and Norath snuck around in Stormtrooper armor. And I started thinking about that. What is the sneakiest way you ever snuck into a place? (laughs) And and how did you do it? Obi-Wan and Yoda had trick. Called it tourist trick. Yes. (laughs) Obi-Wan... Put on shorts, yes, and stupid shirt, yes. Walk around with suitcase, yes. Get around bad guys. Oh, oh, Obi-Wan is lost, needs direction, and bang, Yoda's out of the suitcase. I thought you were going to say a baby carriage. Yeah, baby carriage too, yes. That that trick works too, yeah, backpack. Yes, many did, times Yoda was taken into strip clubs and backpack. Wait, strip clubs? Why was Obi-Wan going into a strip club? To bring in Yoda. Oh, poor uh, Obi-Wan. Did, yes. you, did you ever uh, stand... Sometimes, sometimes would put a basket on the front of, of, of speeder bike, yes, and Yoda would ride in the basket in the front like, like the ETs. Oh. Yoda learned much from the ETs from from the Senate. Instead of your um, finger lighting up, did you just light up your saber and just accidentally touch people on the hand? Like Yoda found home. Oops. Uh, Yoda had sore. Yoda had a different glow trick than the ETs. Funny funny thing is er, the joke was everybody called ETs and Yoda ET because. Technically, nobody knows what the hell we are. That's true. Mm. So Did Yoda's you... ET too, but finger doesn't glow. No. Did you ever? But it does heal? Yes. Did you ever? Yoda stand... can heal headaches with it. Did you ever stand on Yaddle's sh- shoulders and wear no. a trench coat? No. No. But that would have been that would have been great. Oh, funny for you, yes. Yeah, it would have been hilarious. Yes, that's stupid trick. Yoda doesn't do stupid tricks like that. Yoda does backpack trick. Backpack trick. It's it's much more dignified than the wearing a trench coat. A trench coat is is not classy. Yoda's very classy. Oh, are we as we sneak into this strip club? Are Yoda we, wear, Yoda? Are Yoda we? wear speedo, not trench coat. Is that where all your ones go? 
Mm-hmm. All your dollar dollar bills. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, you can only fit so so many in there because you know we, oh, we know a Jedi can bend time and space. Yes, and Yoda has many cracks and crevices to hide his his earnings. Oh, Yoda, I was about to give you a hell of a compliment, like a, a callback compliment from our Clone Wars episodes. But no, you're not going to get it now. <laughs> there's a reason we used to call you Tripod, and that's why there's no room in that Speedo. Phone home. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Yoda. We'll see you next week. Okay. Go. That's so funny, though, because uh, when you mentioned Obi-Wan in the shorts... Because it dawned on me, and I actually, I was writing Arzu about this yesterday, and I was like, have we actually ever in canon seen a Jedi in shorts? I and doubt it, yeah. I can't recall. Like, I, I'm not counting, like, Anakin sleeping. I mean, like, them on a mission in shorts. And I, and I, I was just rocking my brain, and I can't think of any time other than, I like... Don't, yeah, I don't think you would see a Jedi in, in shorts... You would see Plo Kloon in swimwear and his home world or something like Actually, that. Actually, hold on. Kit Fisto. Or Kit Fisto, that's who I'm thinking of. Yes, that's right. But he was probably wearing he more like... He was in the underwater arc of Clone Wars. He did wear shorts because they were underwater. And yeah, yeah and, and, and in the Tartakovsky, he wore shorts. Okay, because I was like, I knew there was at least one Jedi we've seen one time wear shorts, and there Nobody we go. Nobody in, like, cargo shorts or anything like that. Like, Obi-Wan would have cargo shorts. Like, like Yoda could have got into it more, but he would have been, like, cargo shorts. It would have been cargo shorts um, with a belt on, with his space Hawaiian shirt tucked in. I guess it would have been a, a Nabooian shirt tucked in and uh and um a doofy hat you know some sort of straw tourist hat and those glass sunglasses where the sunglass part swivels up and then the suitcase with yoda in it and then a map that's all like unfolded bad and just like looking around lost hell you could just take that bag and just chuck it over the wall wherever you had to go (laughs) Oh my god. I'm writing ours. I'm like, look, one one Jedi did wear shorts. I forgot about this. Okay. I, uh, it been, it's been bothering me. And we were talking about it last night, racking our brains about it. And there we go. There we go. Anyway, Act One. I'm ready for it. Act One. So a recap of last week. So Kaz and crew were all just like, hey, we're getting distress signal. And Captain Doze is like, that sounds dangerous. And they're like, let's go anyway. And Captain Doze is like, okay. And they go over to a planet. And that way, there we go. They meet uh, Norath Kev. And Norath Kev, um, and I promise you, Chris, after last week, I, and I'm telling the truth this time, I did not write Annie Hamilton jokes this week. Because I wanted to actually treat Kat, uh, Norath as an actual character and not as a joke. Because I actually really do like his character. So there are actually no Hamilton jokes this week. Hold me to my word, because I didn't. Anyway, so if you hey. Norath... Uh, no, Let's I really, see. I really... There's... I... Okay. There's a, okay, I no, unless I think of one on the fly. Um, 
But uh, yeah, they meet Norath, and Norath's all like, hey, I'm a resistant person, and there's a bounty hunter, and he's right here, and they're all like, oh no, a bounty hunter, and Axe to Grin is like, hey, I have an energy axe, and my name is Axe, axes are my thing, and they're like, oh no. So Yeager and Snara get captured by Axe to Grin, and Norath and Kaz get away, and that's where we end. Oh, and the Colossus is in danger, because the Colossus showed up, and then the First Order showed up in a Star Destroyer, and they were all like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, no. And that's where the episode ends. On to this week! So, Axe is taking Snara and Yeager to Pyre and Tyranny, and he's all like, look what I got! I caught some Resistance people! And uh, Pyre's like, uh... These aren't resistance agents. This is a pirate and a part timer. And Axe is like, I don't fucking care. Here is, here they are. Give me my money. And Pyre's like, Axe, my girlfriend Tyranny is here, and I want to get hate fucked tonight. You have to actually give me resistance agents. And Tyranny's like, We are not dating. Stop telling people we're dating. And he's like, Okay, honey. She's like, Oh no. So Axe and Pyre make a bet, and if Pyrusman captures Kaz and Narath first, Axe gets no, doesn't get any money, and Axe is like, you're on, I'm in, you bitch. So they walk away, and Tyranny's like, hi, Yeager, we didn't get to talk in season one, and I'm super excited about meeting you, because I've heard so much about you, and wow, wow, Sonara, you must be Sonara, because Tam just talked so much about you and about how great and hot and sexy her her girlfriend was and you you are you are every bit as gorgeous as tamara told me and Sonara's like i'm so uncomfortable right now can we just get to the torturing because this is worse than any torture i i don't want a fascist to hit on me thanks um so pyre or not pyre tyranny takes kasnegar or kas Ka- Tyranny takes Sonara and Yeager onto her ship to start interrogating them. So Kaz and Norath are running around town, and friendly reminder, Norath injured his leg last episode, but he's doing a little bit better, you know, in the five minutes that passed between the weeks. Um, and they're trying to figure out a plan, because they don't have a plan. And right about then, Captain Dad Doza calls in, and Captain Dad's like, Hey kids, doing okay? And they're like, not really. We lost, we lost Yeager and Sonara. He's like, that sucks because um, we're hiding inside a gas moon, but at least it's gorgeous in here. I mean, look at all these shots. Every time the thunder rumbles and you can see the Colossus in the clouds, it's a beautiful shot. You guys are like just missing how gorgeous this is. But, you know, the First Order is going to find us eventually, so we might just have to leave you behind. And Kaz is like, that's fair. That's fine, Dad. Just take care of yourself. Bye-bye. But Tora doesn't want to leave Kaz and her friends behind. But Doza's like, Daughter, we have, like, hundreds of lives to protect here. We can't endanger hundreds of lives for, like, three people. I'm sorry. And she's like, well, let's let's do this. I'm sure they'll come up with a plan. Yeah, Kaz and Nora don't have a plan. They have no idea what to do. But they'll figure something out. They're protagonists. Meanwhile... In office, Pyre calls up Gaelic, and he's like, I need you to look for the Colossus, because um, we're trying to hack the droid, and uh, but I, we need you to do that. And Gaelic's like, cool, I'm only in this episode for, like, two scenes. Bye-bye. And Pyre's like, all right, everybody, 
We got to find the Colossus. We got to find these resistance agents. We have this droid here and we need to break into her. So Tyranny will fuck me tonight. And everyone's like, she's she's not going to fuck you, sir. And Pyre's like, she could fuck me. She could if she wanted to. This is part of the game. The game she wants me to want her. And everyone's like, okay, Pyre. I heard <laughs> so his she- nickname is Peg. Good for you, Tyranny. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, anyway, so they start trying to break into CG23, and CB23 is like, Don't touch me! That's my purse! I don't know you! <laughs> Anytime I can slide in a King of the Hill joke, I will. Um, and then they start shocking my baby CB, and CB23 is like, Ow! Don't shock me! And Pyre's like, Ha 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 ha! And I will end you, Pyre, for hurting my precious baby girl, CB23. Meanwhile, also getting shocked is Sonara. And Tyranny's like, come on, hot girlfriend. Tell me where the Colossus is. And Sonara's just like, ow, ow, it hurts, it hurts. And Yeager, Boss Dad comes out. And Boss Dad is is like, stop hurting my adult pirate mom child. I stop hurting her. That's Tam's girlfriend and I will fight you. And Tyranny's like, oh, how lovely that you brought up Tam, because she told me so much about how horrible you were, and how she left willingly, and how it was all your fault, and she talked a lot about how mad she was, and she just kind of rubs Yeager's nose in it. During all this, Kaz is like, Norath, I actually have a plan. And Norath is like, great, what's the plan? He's like, we're gonna knock out some stormtroopers and like steal their armor and just walk right in. And Norath's like, that's a horrible plan. And Kaz is like, it's not a horrible plan. Ezra and Kanan did it all the time in Rebels and it worked out fine for them. And Norath's like, okay, one thing, they were Jedi, we're not Jedi, and I'm also hurt. So I don't, this plan's stupid. And, and Cass is like, don't worry, I'm the protagonist. I at least have plot, plot armor to protect me. And Norath's like, I'm not. I'm just like a side character, dude. And the side characters usually die first. He's like, shut up, Norath, and kind of kicks Norath. And Norath's like, ah, my hurt leg. And when Norath is, when Norath is like, ah, my hurt leg, uh, they end up uh, getting some attention from the stormtroopers. So they run away from the stormtroopers. And they happen upon a poor civilian. And the civilian's like, uh, get out of my house. And they're like, no. So they kind of kidnap a civilian <laughs> and drag him into his own home. And they're like, please be quiet. And the civilian's like, uh, uh, I don't want to be part of this. Thanks. I'd rather not die. But oh, no, none of this works because the stormtroopers arrive anyway. Bum, bum, bum. Home invasion, kidnapping. I know, right? I love that moment where they're just like, please don't yell as we kidnap you into your own home. And the guy's just like, oh, assault and battery. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what'd you think of act one? Yeah, Kaz is hardcore. And I like how uh, he's like, oh, Norath, don't worry that, that, you know, we came to get you. Don't feel bad that. And then he's basically like, don't feel bad that you just basically lured us all into a trap. I didn't think that, because I had that note too. I actually, I didn't think of it that way. I liked how it Well, that's read, what he um, said. He basically said that. He's like, you didn't know that they were all, they, they, you know, <laughs> that they were going to trap us all. <laughs> I actually really liked that moment, um, because 
Well, I yeah, it was, I, I think I don't think Norath took it personally because they're so similar that it was just like, you know, he knew he was trying to be nice, but he also knew that like he did lure them into a trap. So well, helped. He was a bait in a trap. You know, I, I was thinking about that earlier today about like <laughs> how maybe like episode one or episode two Kaz would have handled that situation. And I think it really sh definitely shows how much Kaz has matured. Um, because Norath is really, you know, he feels bad. He put it, these strangers, like they're strangers. They've known each other for like 15 minutes. He put these strangers in da danger and they're risking their lives for him. And I feel like Kaz, well, Kaz has always been kind and that's always been and at his core. I think he would have at least reacted differently and like probably been a little bit more panicky of just like, and, and probably. Well, yeah, Kaz knows what he's doing like, now. And, and we also know something. that like. Early in episode, in early in season one, Kaz tended to blame other people. He was constantly blaming Niku for stuff, and I think he would have blamed Nor Norath. And so the fact that he's not doing it now and is actually comforting Norath, even though he's stating the audience, the obvious, like that's a lot of growth on Kaz's part. Well, Kaz knows what the stakes are now, and he also understands that when he goes like, "We got to go rescue this guy," that there's, you know, that. There's all sorts of bad things that could happen as a as a result of it. And, you know, he's signed off. He's signed off on him. Not that he wants those things to happen, but he knows, you know, it's it comes with the territory, you know. So he's like, I got to go pick up this this rebel guy. And now it's a mess. Well, it's another episode, you know. So, yeah, he's, he's yeah. Um, Can we talk about boy, that shot of the Colossus in the clouds? I, I didn't have that till act two. It happened twice, and at both times I was just like, uh, oh, yes, I love this shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, let's talk about Tierney going like, mm, I'm going hardcore now. Get the, <laughs> get, get the car battery. We're hooking electrodes up to your ball droid. <laughs> so, I'm... yes, that's right. That's right. We're, set, we're using ball droid torture as a valid term in a disney star wars mm -hmm. so yeah tyranny's fun i because she's been like other than i think this is the most i don't want to say active because she's been active this entire time and but she's she's active in a different way in this episode where um she's actually just flat out being fucking evil <laughs> before because she was always kind of the good cop to pyre like oh tamara you're so good you know you're well, gonna be so has, talented but now she's just like no she hasn't let's gotten torture. anybody yet <laughs> you know she probably got her hands on somebody and some some people to to fry and so, uh, just a minor character note cb like is sort of back to normal in this even as she's getting fried but remember how messed up she was at the end of last episode she was basically yeah. in sort of like default mode and this one, they just sort of said, ah, we'll just sort of reset it for, for this one because, like, it would have been ruthless if she was just like this, you know, they, they, sh it would have been like the scene with that, with, with your favorite droid from, uh, what was that? That was Clone Wars, wasn't it? The, the torture droid from Clone Wars, the oh, creaky, shaky. Oh, I hate that guy. Yeah, it would have been, him. it would have been just as creepy if they started torture. CB when she was like already just sort of like yeah. I forgot uh, about I try to push that droid out of my mind thanks oh yeah, that was that's, oh, that's oh. all I got for act one <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I, 
It happens more in Act 2, but oh boy. Oh boy. This episode, I remember it. A lot of people came out of it and they're like, Tyranny and Yeager could totally hate Buck. <laughs> because they almost are like that hate flirting where it's like, oh, and she's like, don't. He's like, hurry back. Miss you. And I'm just like, oh, no. Yeah, because she's used to hanging around Doofy there, Goldenrod there. Oh, God, yeah. But but really, it's it's so interesting watching Tyranny just being able to be... Because like I said, she's normally a good cop, and she's usually like the silver tongue of the group where she's just like using her words to get what she wants. But no, she's just fucking evil in this. And just torturing Sonara to get to Yeager, torturing Yeager, torturing CB, and she's just fucking evil. But, you know, like, I... I love characters that are evil just to be evil. I, as much, you know, give me a good redemption arc any day. Like, I'm here for Hot Callus and his redemption arc. But I also just really like characters when they're evil with no redeemable qualities. I just think that's such a fun character. Like, I, I you know, to my old days of Once Upon a Time, when I used to be in the Once fandom, um, pretty much every villain of Once Upon a Time had some redemption arc, even like the worst of the worst. And so later on in the show, it was really refreshing when we got Corella Deville and she didn't have a sad, sappy story. She was just fucking evil to be evil. And, and it was garbage so from the get go. Yeah. Like she just they like they gave her her backstory and she was evil as a child. And I was like, yes, like this is like sometimes just having a villain that like like Tarkin, like that's why we love Tarkin. We love to hate him, and um, and that's I I, I love tyranny in this episode because I'm just like I love that she has no redeemable qualities and she's just like boss evil bitch and I'm here for that. I love it. Um, I love the scene when. <laughs> And it made me realize how much I want this. When Cass is like, Stormtroopers! Are you just smiling at Norath? And Norath's like, are you fucking with me right now? What's happening? Uh, it made me realize I want an entire spinoff of just these two doing dumb, resistant shit together. Because <laughs> they're so fun. Like, they're such similar character types, but they're also, like, a really good team and they work well. But they also have that banter. Like, they banter really well, too. And I just want, like, a, like a four or five episode miniseries of these two just doing dumb, resistant shit together and going on stupid missions, being themselves, being their kooky little selves. And I want it. Like, I really love Norath and Kaz as a team. I think they're a really good team and it's really interesting. And it's, it's so much fun. I love having another Kaz there to play off Kaz even though, like, Norath is a little bit more of a mature version of Kaz, like, um, I really like that dynamic to have a character type that's just similar but just different enough to play off Kaz, and it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I really love them. Um, and the only other note I have, so a weird thing happened in this episode on Disney+. Plus. And like I said, I was talking with Brad and Sarah and Allie about it, our, our friends from other podcasts, and this has never happened before. And I first noted it here when they were kidnapping the civilian. And I wanted to ask you about this because it happened later in Act 2 and again in Act 3. When the alien talked or when CB23 talked in your version, because you have the original broadcast, were there subtitles? No, there wasn't, but I didn't have the, I probably didn't have subtitles 
because there wasn't out. for me either. Uh, but the, if there were subtitles, uh, like I would have had to have that like subtitles on, and I probably did. I probably have the setting for subtitles off. Well, that's the funny thing because when this episode, this has never happened before. Were never they hard coded in? In uh, Disney Plus, I guess they are. But like Disney Plus translated what the alien was saying. And it also translated CB23's dialogue throughout the oh, entire... Oh, weird. It, I know. And that's never happened before. It's never happened because I usually watch Resistance when I do my notes. And it first caught me off guard because um, I, I noticed... I, I first noticed it with the alien. I was like, wow, that's kind of weird. I, I don't remember them, this happening in the episode when I first watched it, but okay. Um, but it actually gave, like translated their dialogue. And then later in the episode when... Um, CB rolls up when North and Kaz are getting Yeager and Sonara. Like he says something to CB and she just starts, uh, he's like, oh, CB, we're coming to rescue you. And she beeps at him and it actually translates, well, you took too long. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> and it's never happened. And like Allie went back and checked a couple other episodes. And she was like, it just is that CB is beeping. It's never happened on Disney Plus. And I don't know what it is about this episode where it translated all the aliens and CB's dialogue. It's never happened before. And it actually really weirded me out knowing what CB was saying. It really weirded me out, Chris. Yeah. I was like, I don't actually want to know what you're saying, Troy. No. Oh, it was so weird. And I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about this one episode where they just decided to translate for CB23 to actually have conversations with cats. Well, you got to think at some point for, for this, although even if they have like a computer algorithm, you know, they do have computer algorithms that'll take strip dialogue and then turn it into text but those are notoriously can go wrong so no matter how at some point there's got to be a human involved in in making these and maybe you know just one person mistakenly you know did 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 that script wrong you know where maybe they have the dialogue in the script and but, that's what I was saying when I was doing and, background and it's a, information. It's just yeah, it's just a goof up. It's just a goof up, you know. Because um, in the background information, uh, they I had I had said the the citizen does not speak basic, but the dialogue was actually written to the script to convey what the alien gibberish needed to sound like. Right. And right. so it makes me wonder if they just got who whatever intern <clears throat> put in. Didn't the, get the memo. Yeah. yeah didn't but get was, the, the the sheet that just says basically all you know any droid speaking in you know that isn't speaking english or like hatties or something doesn't get translated yeah yeah i i don't know but it was it was so surreal and it just it it actually really creeped me out because i was like i don't want to know what she's saying i just like the idea of her just being like what the fuck has like really like i see myself get fucked like yeah no it's, it's, it's better it's better to yeah it's better to put your own stuff in it yeah but it was that's really weird. fun yeah it was so weird um but that's all i have for act one did you have anything else i do not so act two act two so Kaz and Narath has kidnapped a civilian and some stormtroopers uh, just come in. And the civilian's like, 
Oh, God. Um, they went out the back door, I guess. And stormtroopers are like, cool. Like, Kaz and Norath knock out the stormtroopers. And you know what? Good for the civilian. He kicks them all out. And good for you, man. Like, I wouldn't want any of that shit in my house either. So Norath and Kaz drag the stormtroopers away. And they change into the armor. And as they're like, wow, this is really tight. And it's all weird. Oh, no. Axtagrin is watching them. And he has this, like, little, like, listening device that somehow picks up just the two of them and not everyone in town. And they're all like, we are going to go in this armor to the hangar. And we also have a ship outside of town. Hope no one finds our ship. And Extragrin's like, you better hurry. And he says those words to no one. <laughs> and I don't know who he is speaking to, Chris. He just out of nowhere just goes, you better hurry. And I'm like, who the fuck are you talking to? Are you he's, talking to yourself? He's more of a, he's more of a Disney ver- villain than a Star Wars villain. And he's, ki- and he's also kind of the, the, the boob version of Bo- like, he's kind of the Rube Dooku sort of like, he's, he's, he's not that good. He's, no. he's, he's not so good just, at what he, he do. I just don't know why he was like, you better hurry. And I'm like, what what are you on, man? Like there's yeah. no one with you. Who are you this talking to? This cat has a droid with him to talk to or whatever. Yeah, he just and, and the line doesn't even make contact like sense in context because they're like, Where we're in the armor now, let's go. And he's like, You better hurry. And I'm like, Okay, thanks for pushing them on. Anyway, so Kaz and Nora start heading for the hangar. Tyranny. My boss bitch, Evil Queen, is, like, having the best time torturing Yeager. And she's all like, how's that feel, Yeager? How's that? It felt worse for Tam. Everything you're feeling right now, Tam has felt emotionally worse. And it's all your fault. And Yeager's like, fuck you, bitch! My daughter Tam is a good girl, and she is going to realize that she is on the wrong side, and she's going to take you down, and you're gonna burn. And Tyranny's like, that's cute. Well, I'm getting a phone call. I have to take this, but I'm gonna be back later and come back for you. And Geeker's like, yeah, hurry back, bitch. I'm more of a man than that pyre ever is. And Tyranny is like, we actually can agree with that. I totally agree with you. You are much more of a man. Maybe. And Sonara's like, can I please leave? This flirting is worse than any torture. I'll tell you everything if you just swear to stop right now. And Tyranny just leaves. Like, you know, she just leaves Yeager and Sonara unguarded, unattended. Because they're just all so, so good at their jobs. <laughs> I say with so much sarcasm. So X finds their shuttle outside of town and he's all like, cool. And he breaks into their shuttle and he's like, oh, cool. Here's a transmission. And he calls up the Colossus and the Colossus just like, hey. And Tora's like, oh my God, Kaz, Kaz is calling us. Hi, Kaz, it's us on the Colossus, inside the gas moon. We're on the gas moon, Kaz, come find us, the Colossus. But Doza shuts it down, because he's like, uh, it's a trick, we're fucked now. Good job, everyone. We're all bad at our jobs now. And he didn't shut it down in time, because Axe finds 
that they're hiding on the moon. And he calls up Pyre and he's like, hey, Pyre, are you ready to do something useful? And Pyre's like, always. He's like, they're on the gas moon. Pyre's like, cool. So he calls up Gaelic and he's like, Gaelic, are you ready for your only other scene in this episode? And she's like, hell yeah. So they send out some TIE fighters to start looking for the Colossus. And Tora and Dozer are like, oh shit, they're coming for us. Oh no. And Tora's like, father, we have to stay. You know, the aces can get by them. And Dozer's like, I'm not debating this. There are hundreds of lives in danger. We have to leave. And Dora's like, but father. And she's like, no. And they're like, but father. And he's like, no. So eventually, as the Star Destroyer gets closer and all the TIE fighters start getting closer, the Colossus emerges from the gas moon and it's fucking gorgeous and it just jumps to hyperspace and leaves and Gaelic's like well fuck we're all bad at our jobs today <laughs> we are really bad at being evil they're gone oh no and Pyre's like what do you mean they're gone and she's like they just left and he's like well damn it what do we do now and his men are like well we still have the ball droid sir and he's like awesome I want you to shock this ball droid like it's tyranny going to town on my balls. And they're like, sir, we're gonna have to call HR on you if you keep talking like that. And he's like, there is no evil HR. And they're like, actually, yes, there is, sir. You know, we, we might be space Nazis, but we at least still have an HR. And he's like, fine, rip this ball apart and find me the Colossus. And they start torturing CV23 more, my poor baby girl. What'd you think of Act 2? It was good. I don't have an awful lot of notes for it. Me neither, actually. I don't either. Except I actually don't have a lot of notes for one this episode already, in general. One of them I already gave away is the the Colossus in the in the mist Ooh. with the lightning. Which and is when, just it, when it emerges and just is pulling the gas with it. Oh. Mm -hmm. And then when it jumps to hyperspace, there's still like a trail of gas left behind. Oh, yeah. so pretty. Utara Nebula from Star Trek Wrath of Khan. It was really neat. Um, uh, my only other note, it's kind of a, uh, is like Jaeger talking about Tam is really dramatic and it is also sort of playing head games with, with Tierney, but he really shouldn't say like, cause he's like saying like, oh yeah, you, she might seem totally on your side, but at the last second she'll, she's gonna, she'll put the knife in and stuff. And it's like, I, that might not be the best thing to plant in Tierney's head for Tam's future, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, she, because it, it, th then, you know, it's always, it, he's sort of planting the seed that, that Tam would be like pretending to go along. So then you never know. Um, but luckily, Tierney's an Imperial and they run on hubris. So she's probably thinking to herself, yeah, there's no way she that she's faking because I would be able to tell. That is so true. They all run on hubris, which uh -huh. they all proved very well in this episode. When uh -huh. Tyranny leaves them unguarded on a fucking ship. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Oh, my God. But that's, all, that's all I really had for Act 2. They're all a bunch of evil dinguses, and they I adore how dumb they are. I was actually re-listening to um, a little bit of our episode that we did with Mark Marquis from... from 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 beneath which was the orc flicks episode and i got to the point where i was just like i love the gazos they're so endearingly stupid 
And that's kind of how I feel about these First Order people. They're all just so endearingly stupid, but evil. <laughs> Evilly, endearingly stupid. And I love them all because they're so dumb and evil. Um, as for my episodes, or episodes, my notes, um, I love the line work. Norath is like, oh, this helmet's too small. And Kaz goes, no, no, your head's just too big. <laughs> it's so mean. <laughs> but it's just the delivery. Yeah, it's, it's like, like medium mean. But... but it's just the delivery of it. Just like, no, no, your head's just big. <laughs> it was just so casually. It's just a zinger. So, um... <laughs> So I need to take a drink. Ah, much better. So something I noticed in this episode that I really like, and it really shows the progression of this, like, one thing in Star Wars animation. I love that it's raining. Because rain is actually incredibly difficult to animate. It's, It's really hard. You have to be able to adjust character models. You have to adjust the setting. The lighting is all different. And you have to animate the rain. And I was thinking back. Um, in the original run of Clone Wars, they only had rain a couple times. And off the top of my head, it was, there was one right, episode. Easier to do now. Yeah. And, and they're all I'm set getting, up for it now. So yeah, it's, that's what know. I'm getting to. That's what I'm getting to. Um, like they only had it a couple times in Clone Wars that I can remember. And I don't even think it, did it ever rain in Rebels? I can't recall a time it ever rained in Rebels. There weren't very, there weren't very many rainy places in Rebels. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. But like with the with the Bad Batch coming up, and that's where I was getting to. You have that finale of Bad Batch with them on Camino. They're the every time they're on Camino, it's pouring rain, and you have those shots of like Omega with her hair wet, um, and them standing in the rain, and it's so realistic and so gorgeous. And just thinking of like how they've gone, but among the like through the last four shows and how they like. I remember Dave Filoni talking in Clone Wars, like being like, it was really expensive to animate Rain in Clone Wars, like when the Delta Squad showed up in, in one episode. Like he was like, that was a very expensive scene. And now they do it so effortlessly in Bad Batch. And it's so effortlessly here in, in Resistance. Like um, it's so nicely done. And it's so cool over the last few shows to see how they progressed just doing something like animating rain, and now it's just so flawless and what that. It's batch. still probably more expensive and more time consuming, but less so than it was before, and it's probably more convenient to do because they probably have the softwares and they're used to using the software and used to doing it, so they can mm-hmm. set it up all fa- faster and stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's it's just really cool and having I, these shows is like getting to watch what the state of the art of CG is, you know. Mm-hmm. As it, as it goes along in real time. Um, and the only other note that I actually have um, is about uh, Tora and Doza. You know, Doza has very valid reasons to, like, leave. He has hundreds yeah. of people who live on his station. But it got me to thinking, like, at this point in the show, how long can they continue to middle ground? You know, he keeps trying to take this middle ground, understandably, because he has to protect hundreds of lives. But we're getting to the point where things every week, things are getting more and more dangerous and they're starting to have to make more and more choices. And it shows what happens when if you keep taking the middle ground, eventually you're going to have to make a choice because 
being well, a they're just going to run till they break down or get caught and get caught, you know, or, yeah. or so they have to either find some place to hide and settle in or or whatever. But yeah, 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 yeah. There's only going to be, and if then that's kind of thing. If they keep on picking this middle ground, they are eventually going to run out of time. And is it going to be worse when they run out of time? Or are they going to, and, and that's when choices are happening. And that's why I really like Torah in the scene of just like, father, like we can't keep running. Like we have to do something. We have to fight. We have to at least go save our men because we, the more and more run, like we're still, if the more we run with the more resources we need, like we, we're in a war now. And I, I like that that debate because there's really no right answer. Both Torah and Doza have valid points and neither of them are right or wrong because Doza's doing what he feels is best for the hundreds of people he are, are, is protecting and Torah's like, but we're in a war, we need to fight. <laughs> like, what? like they're both right. And I like that morally great argument that they have because neither of them is wrong and neither of them is right either. But yeah, always... no, they have to get to a point where like everybody in the station and Doza's like, look, we're going to go fight for the, the resistance and who, whoever wants to stay can stay and we're going to take a shuttle and take you all off to here and we have some people who can shuttle you off to other places, you know, if that we set up or, you know, or what they have to figure out what they're going to do or else they're, they're just going to get they're in an old station and they have no resources. Yeah, and I feel like that's really good to have at this point in the show. Like, there's, what, like, six, six, seven... I actually have the episode list pulled up. There's one, two, three, four... There's four episodes and then the two-part finale. So, yeah, there's only, like, five episodes left. This is the point where they need to be making, like, start getting to these points of, like, when are we going to start fighting? And I, so this is a good point to have this argument at this point in the season because this show is almost over, so... Um, but that's all I have left for Act 2. Did you have anything else? I do not. <clears throat> prep the puppy. Let's prep it up. We gotta prep the prep the prep the puppy to prep. Well, we've already prepped for the prep, so let's wrap the prep. <laughs> I thought you said wrap the brat. <laughs> that bratty wrap, puppy, get in wrap there. Wrap on the brat with a baseball bat. No! Puppy, come back! I was only kidding. Anyway. <clears throat> Actually, let me have a quick drink of water right past. Yeah. Like, actually, like, not fizzy water. Like, legit water, because my... <clears throat> oh, those fall allergies are starting to come in. Oh, boy. Wait till another month. I'm going to be hideous. I'm going to be like, yeah, I I'm going to be totally hideous in, like, a month. So... <clears throat> Act three. So Cass and Norath get to the hangar, and they're all like, all right, we're here. Let's go find people. And they're leaning against the door, and the door opens, and there's Pyre! And so satisfyingly, Cass stuns Pyre, and Pyre just falls over, and it's glorious. But hold up. Pyre, Cass stuns Pyre, and then looks at his blaster and goes, oh, it's a stun, not kill. Like, Kaz was ready to off a man right then and there, and I don't blame him, but it's shocking, and we're gonna talk about it. We're coming back to that. During all this, 
CP23 is getting shot, she's getting tortured, but she don't need no one to rescue her. Because the moment that ty- Tyranny walks away, she shoots at a little wire and shocks the only other trooper there and electrocutes him. And he falls on the panel and she frees herself because she is the fucking best. And she drops down and she limps behind the little panel thing and she destroys the information a- area so they can't use her information against the resistance. And Tyranny sees all the lights go out and she's like, what is happening over there? And Tanya walks back over there and she's like, where's the droid? And CB23 is like, I'm right here, bitch. And she swings in there and bitch slaps Tyranny. And Tyranny's like, ah! And she falls on the ground. And CB23 walks over there. And Tyranny's knocked out. And CB23 is like, that's what you get. And she's like, pour some oil on Tyranny. Like, that's what you get, bitch. You don't mess with me. I'm CB23. Walk away. Get up. Now I'm gonna leave now. She rolls off. And Kaz and Norath get to the ship and they open the ship because no one's guarding it. And here's Kat, Yeager, and Sonara. And Yeager and Sonara are like, hey, what's up? Thanks for saving us. So they free Yeager and Sonara and CB23 rolls up and then they translate her talking to Kaz and it's really weird. Um, and Kaz is like, yay, we're all together. And so they get out to the street and they try to call the Colossus, but Doza's not answering. And they're like, oh no, I think we got left behind. Oh no, we should go to our ship. So our heroes limp out to their shuttle and they get on board and they're like, all right, let's go. And Axe is there and he's like, all right, let's go. And they all turn around and they're like, oh, the bounty hunter. And Axe takes away Sonora and Kaz's weapons and they all jump off their own shuttle and CB joins them and she locks uh, Axe inside but he has his handy dandy energy axe and compromises the door. So, uh, but apparently it's fine because they can still fly with it later into space. Um, but he op- busts open the door with his energy axe and he's all like, ha ha! And so as he's trying to escape their ship because they lock him on it, our heroes are like, okay, so options. All of our weapons are inside with the bounty hunter. The first order is in town and the class is probably gone kind of fucked up right now. Oh, and Norath and Yeager are both kind of injured. So, what's our options here, guys? And they're all like, we don't know. We're kind of fucked. Well, Axe gets out of the ship and he throws this, like, little... I originally wrote this, the same that Axe flashes them. And then I had to change it because I laughed. He sends out this little flash grenade and flashes them. And when they all come to... He sprays them with body spray. I know. And they're like, oh, it smells so horrible. He's like, I, your sm- noses. I smell like a 14-year-old boy. And he corners them while they're all stunned. But my girl, my best girl, CB23, gets in the shuttle, turns it on, and she fucking runs over Axe. Just crushes him with this ship, just slams him up against the wall because she's the best. And then Axe is gone for the rest of the, everything because, yeah. But it's okay, everybody. All of our heroes get onto the ship, and Pyre is awake now, and he does nothing. Which is great. He's all like, oh no, they're getting away, and kind of shoots his gun at the ship, and they get away. And he's like, oh, that sucks. So he calls up Ga- Gaelic, and he's like, Gaelic... They got away. Can you send in some TIE fighters? And Gay looks like, sure. I'm gonna get to have sex with Tyranny tonight, and not you. And he's like, oh, shut up. Just just get him, okay? 
Sakaz takes over pilot, pilot, piloting. Wow, I can't say that, apparently. Piloting. And it all looks really dire because they're in a shuttle and they don't have weapons and the ties are coming in and they're all like pew 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 and they're all like ah! And they're all about to die! Oh no! But hey, out of nowhere, the aces show up because Doza listened to his daughter and she was all like, our ships can get in there undetected. And they did. And the aces fuck up the ties and make quick work of them. And they escort their shuttle out into the atmosphere. But oh no, Galekin has more ties because, you know, she has a Star Destroyer up there. But then, it's so fucking cool. <laughs> Taurus is like, Father, we're coming home. And the Colossus comes out of hyperspace between the Star Destroyer and their ship and slams into the TIE Fighters straight out of hyperspace. Like, whoa, it's amazing. <laughs> and our heroes slide on board to the Colossus and they escape into hyperspace within like 20 seconds. So everyone's safe, hooray! And as they all get off, Norath thanks Doza for rescuing him, and Doza's like, yeah, I just came back from my people, but you're welcome to stay. Like, we just collect stragglers. Like, there's there's Mika Gray. We, we collected her a few episodes ago. I don't know where these two tiny children came from in season one, but they're here too, so if you want to come join us, feel free. And Norath finally, at the end of the episode, offers Kaz a full-time position with the Resistance. And he's like, we're a really good team. We would make a great spin-off series. I could see it as a buddy cop show. It'd be really expensive because I'm voiced by David Diggs. But we could do it for like a mini-series. Disney would pay us so well, Christopher Sean. And Christopher Sean's like, I'm Kaz right now, but I need to think about that. Um, and Kaz isn't quite ready to leave the Colossus just yet. But you can tell that that's a really interesting proposal for him as he stares at his found family and wonders whether or not he should leave to join the resistance. The end. I liked it. It ended It ended a little abrupt. Like, Act 3, like, I, I, I only had really one one note for it because Act 3 just played out exactly like it. It, 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 it played out very predictably, you know? How it played out exactly wasn't totally predictable, but, like, he's... So, I sort of saw where it was, you know, where it was going. So there was nothing really like tense about it, but it was. But there's some cool shit in it. Yeah, no, it's nicely done. I don't want to, you know, but there just wasn't a lot to a, a lot to talk about besides like how you know, I mean, the, this show is the it, because they haven't really it hasn't been a major element in it till the till the second season the space battles and this are just re really beautiful and we're Can used we to like oh, the be their beautiful use of lighting in you know like outdoor scenes on a planet or something you know in a forest or something but like it's it's subtle and it's something that happens in the movies too but it's also very unique to this show of like how strongly things are lit and light is used to convey movement and everything in space and uh yeah they it's just their 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 space battles are really really pretty but this one's just sort of like a uh you know perfunctory battle at the end of it you know towards the end you know you're looking at it and going like oh we're running out of time so we know where this is go you know i was like looking at my watch for when the aces show up to to han solo i'm out of there but, but I have to say, like, something that was really cool that I forgot about, and it's such a badass cool moment, is Doza 
pulling the Colossus out of hyperspace in front of the ties, and they just slam into the ship. Yeah, like and I, that's cool. That's a cool moment. <laughs> well, I think I think there was a moment like that in in Rogue One, right? There was there was some. I, I don't remember to be honest. Little, uh, I think it was with with M- Imperial ships coming in and and crashing and you know crash a couple on their on their uh, on their uh, shields, but uh, well, that yeah. was them closing the shields of the planet and then crashing on it. But like bringing in a much bigger ship, so no, tiny no, no. ships. Yeah, no, no. I mean, a ship coming in out of hyperspace and then oh. other ships just like into it and it. Oh, that does sound familiar. Yeah. And I and I think maybe they were sort of like, you know, draw doing a little parallel to that. But my only note was, yeah, Kaz wanted Pyre dead. Yeah, let's talk about that. I, Not I have... just jokingly, he was just like, oh, like he was he was like he was you know, he was uh hoping that shot was gonna be uh yeah, the last shot for Pyre. And now, I don't, I don't now if you Kaz. really wanted to go dark, he could have just switched on to kill and been like, boom. But I don't think Kaz is that cold blooded. He's not Niku again. So I love that but, you think like Niku is like this horrible like mass burger. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but that's that is a very interesting moment because so far Kaz has quick drawn and he's always had stun on. But for him to actually vocalize, like first of all, he's rightly justified because Pyre was the lead person who fucked up everything since season one. Like he's been the main villain. Yeah. And, and Pyro was the one who invaded the Colossus, who brought tyranny, who took away town. And I would think if there was anybody other than Hux that Kaz would want to kill, it would be Pyre. And the fact that he's vocalizing, like, and so upset that it wasn't set to stun that there's just, I have a lot of feelings about that because I was, I was just talking last episode Wait, wait, what was it last episode? No, yeah, it was last episode. How Kaz didn't bring a blaster. You know, Yeager and Sonara had blasters, but Kaz chose not to bring a blaster because at his core, he's a kind person. And he was relying on Yeager and Sonara. But now he's in charge, and he's the one with the blaster. And we saw this in Station to Station, that he was, since he was the one in charge and he had to protect Niku, he was the one with the blaster. And in this position where he had a chance to kill Pyre and he was upset that it didn't happen, there's a lot going on there. And I I don't quite know what I how to vocalize well, I how he, I feel about he, it. Didn't he have the stormtroopers blaster? That's why because the stormtroopers were trying to catch catch him. Yeah. So the stormtroopers had it on stun. So he just when he got the stormtroopers blaster, it was already on stun for them. Yep. So yeah. But I just uh, I I have a lot of kind of mixed feelings about that. But I also, on one hand, I feel like it really shows a the situation, like where they are in the series season, it's, where Kaz is as a character. But it also kind of slightly feels out of character for him. But it's also very justified. It He's doesn't make him un- his- have having emotions. Don't doesn't make you unkind. He didn't like I said. He didn't switch it on to kill and just like coldly like yeah. kill him, which he could, which he totally that could have done. That's true. That, that and he would have been, been justified doing it, you know, and uh, been like, well, now he ain't going to be chasing us or reporting back or whatever. So yeah, you could he could have totally been cold-blooded about been, it but he, he it was, yeah he didn't even think about it it was it did he didn't even decide against it it wasn't in his his menu of options 
So, so it's it's possible to be kind and still be like have unkind thoughts towards someone like Pyre. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Oh, that yeah, I yeah, that's true. Mm, mm. That that's just such an interesting moment for me. Um, did you have any other notes? No, that's all I had. Can we talk about CV twenty three and how she is the MVP of this episode? <laughs> It's fun. Well, yeah, it's funny because she could have she could have escaped at any time, but she waited. She stayed and got tortured until she had the like the right opportunity, you know, to do to 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 negotiate an escape. So that's she was playing a long game. You know, she could have she could have uh, shot out her her shot out her um, little uh, tie tie rope and into the side of uh tyranny's neck that she probably probably would have rather if robot well definitely cb4 would have grudges but she waited until you know we'll get rid of this guy he's the only guy here and now's my chance yeah to, to go and throw the monkey wrench in that's true because if she would have tried to escape while tyranny was still there she would have to take both of them down and yeah, so yeah. she's so amazing this episode and she her running over axe, I forgot about that. Like she just fucking runs him over. <laughs> and he's just like ah! and gets thrown against the wall. And I was like, good for you, CB twenty three. But yeah, she's just such such a badass character. And I I can't this is the episode where I'm like, you're so much better than BBA. <laughs> you're so much better than BBA. I'm sorry. I'm gonna pour that tea. Like she is. Like she's just sassy. Yeah. And she's capable and she's funny and she saves herself and she saves all of them. Like they were all trapped by axe. They're about to go down. Pyre's on the way and she gets them out of there twice. Twice. And she destroys the information that the First Order got from her. She's capable enough to do that as well. And she's just amazing. She's an amazing character. And I really love her a lot. Um, the only other note I have, because I've already talked about how they translated her dialogue, and I'm not okay with it. Um, I think, and, and this is more just to note it because it sets up the rest of the show. Um, it's just an interesting, I like the moment where Norath offers Kaz a full-time position to leave the Colossus and come into the Resistance fully. Um, and you can tell it's something that Kaz just kind of stops and it, it gives him pause. Like, he looks at his found family, but he also knows that they're in a war. And it's, I, I'm mostly just noting it because it is going to be a through line um, from, from here on. Um, but I, I like that moment. I like that that it does give him a pause where he's just like, oh, I was never supposed to stay here full time. But he also doesn't have a home anymore. His home is gone. This, this is his home. But now they're at war, and like, what does that mean? And his very presence puts them yeah, in danger. No, be, being a re he's he, he has a job in the resistance now, so like, yeah, technically he probably should go. But at the same time, it's a sort of the, the resistance. Being in the resistance is sort of a floating job, and you know, being around being around Yeager and the Colossus. They've been getting some stuff done, and even though they don't know it, they've been gathering intel that could come in handy. You know, they've seen a few things that have like could possibly that just, you you know that that so so it's it's not a bad decision for him to stay at the Colossus, even as a resistance fighter. You know. Yeah, but still, like even even his presence puts them in danger. Like if. 
you know, we know that they from I think it was station to station. Yeah, like we know but that they're they're it's gathering. too late now. The damage is done, whether he's there or not. They're gonna the Colossus is still gonna be in Yeager's Yeager's uh just as bad as Kaz. And so if Yeager's on the Colossus it, and if neither Yeager or Kaz are on the Colossus, they're just gonna assume every they're all resistance either because they haven't they haven't you know run a coup on it and brought it back it to the to the first order and gone like we took the ship back guys here you go sorry about that you know mm-hmm. we get yeah you know, so so from the the stank is on the colossus they're not that they, they don't care they just want it for they just want it for its physical use anyway they're they just assume take everybody on it and turn them out into space anyway. So, I I almost noted this in Act One, um, and I I tried to write the note multiple times, but I couldn't find the right wording for it. But it was a really weird scene to me, and it's the opening scene when Axe brings up Pyre, not Pyre, brings up to Pyre, Yeager, and Sonara, and he's like, "Here's the resistance fighters you're looking for," and Pyre goes. These aren't resistance spies. This is a collaborator and a pirate. Like, how is Yeager not part of this? Like, why are you not happy to have Yeager? No, and they're was, just it, negging it him. A, it was a they're, really weird scene to they're me. They're negging Axe. They're, they, they, they know who they are, but they, they're just not letting Axe get any. They're, they, they don't want. It's like bargaining. You know, they're just like, these are just piddly poodles, you know. Okay, that so, makes a lot more sense to me because it stuck out just, to me as weird. But I was like, I don't know, I I couldn't put my finger on why it's weird. But that actually, that's if all. They, that's if all they go, oh, Axe, these guys are great. These are you know number one wanted people. Then they have to pay him more, and he's going to be all arrogant about it. So they want to keep that's him on the, on the the low end of the the negotiations. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. It, it was just so weird because I was like, is Pyre really this bad at his job? <laughs> No, no, it's like, like, yeah, well, well, yes, yes, he is. But like, but that's the thing is this is like, it's like bully hierarchy. All bullies are buffoons, but there's a hierarchy of them. So like axes down the, down the ladder, even from Pyre, you know, and Tierney's up the ladder from, from, um, Pyre and, and, you know, and, and on it goes, but like, yeah. <laughs> okay, that makes a lot more sense because I was just like, either Pyre's really bad at his job, or this something's going on here, and it's weird. And I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't no, quite guy, put my guys finger like on Axe it. Are guy are the guys that make uh, guys like Pyre feel smart, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's all I have for Breakout. Did you have anything else? I got nothing else. What the fuck is something in my? Oh. I didn't know there was a cat in my room, and I just heard something moving on my bed. It's fine. <laughs> Scared the shit out of me. I was like, what the hell? All right, well, score up the episode, Chris. I gave it a 9 out of 10. If if it would have had, like, maybe a little tam thrown in there, this could have gotten a 9.5. Just a little flavoring. Yeah. Um, I scored it a 9 out of 10 as well, which is, which is actually what I scored last week's episode. I think these are two mm-hmm. very strong episodes. I think um, this is the stronger of the two. I I like them both for different reasons. Like last week was the setup and this was the resolution. So they both have pros and cons being a setup and a resolution episode. Like a lot, like, you know, in act three, we're like, we don't really have a lot to say because it's just pew pews. Um, but I feel like last week had more like meteor stuff, but I mean, both have their, their strong points yeah. and their weaknesses. I, um, I, I, I really like, find... it's my score. 
<laughs> you really think what? I, I I just I usually find that like a lot of times that the first for some reason that I think I I score the the first parts a lot of times higher than the second parts it seems. So that's true. You actually reason. tend to to score yeah. resolutions lower. That yeah, that's really true yeah. for you. Oh no! Oh no! I forgot to write feedback. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> well, so much for feedback this week. <laughs> no. Hey, I. It's a funny story. I, today, I was being so, so productive. I posted a new episode of Home Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. I was editing the next episode. I was feeling really good about myself. And then about 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I was like, I feel I had something else to do today. And it hit me that I had to write this podcast outline. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. So I wrote this podcast outline in about 45 minutes. So... I forgot to add feedback. I'm so sorry. <laughs> turn it but, in two weeks for feedback. Uh, yeah, turn into two weeks for feedback. But hey, at least I got a new episode of Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Mabel and Zipper Pines. Happy birthday, Pines Twins. Well, anyway, um, in the future, I won't forget. As always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page, or on the Two True Freaks website. Feel free to leave us feedback. We'll read it on the show, except for when I forget it. I'm so sorry, everybody. I am well, so we'll sorry. Read it. It's not like you're never going to read it. We're just I know, I know. I am so sorry. Here, let's eat read candy. It on the show. Let's eat candy. Candy time. Oh, my God. No, but really. Finally, like, the close of the Tiki Trilogy is nigh. But, but for real, like, I, I about 3 o'clock, I had a fucking heart attack. So I was like, shit, I gotta do an outline. Ah. Although I was thinking, we sort of picked, like, we should have probably picked this tiki first, because this tiki is is vanilla. Vanilla va- Thrilla. I was about to say, it's Vanilla Thrilla. It's so. Thrilla, but not from Manila. No, it is from Jamaica. But we should have probably started with the vanilla one and worked up in 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 spiciness and flavorness and gone from this to hazelnut to, to coconut for as far as... Yeah, because it's kind of... Although this is very vanilla favorite of the three. It's good. Oh yeah, I'm not saying it's bad. It is very good, but the hazelnut was so much sweeter, and the, the coconut one was like very coconutty. Anyway, by the way, uh, Chris hates American Kit Kat, so we get candy from all over the world from our friend Dario, who is Chris's co-podcaster for Eden Vita, and this week we're doing the final of our Tiki Golds. This is Tiki Gold Vanilla, the Vanilla Thrilla, and it also comes from Jamaica. Yeah, I think compared to the other two, this one's just kind of fine. Mm-hmm. It's still good. The chocolate's nice, the wafer's nice. But, I don't know. I think the other two had a lot more flavor to them. Yeah, we should have thought it through better. Started with the vanilla, worked mm-hmm. our way up to up to coconut or hazelnut. The coconut was my favorite. That was really damn good. Yeah, it, it was. Really Unless you smelled it, and then it smelled like the beach. Yeah, which I'm fine with. Uh, but I, I am like hungry. I like the beach too. I use um deodorant that smells like coconut because it reminds me of visiting my mom in Florida. Because oh. everyone smells like something down there. So 
Mmm. For more of Hope's deodorant tips, check out Jacob's and Jedi. Mmm. Well, thank you, Dario. If you're looking we to look- me for deodorant tips, uh, don't bother. <laughs> I don't no, got if, we're look- if we're looking for deodorant tips, we ask uh, Axe Tugred, because he is, his name is Axe. Mm. I just wanted him one more last deodorant joke. Anyway, Chris, where can people find you? You can find me at tutufreaks.com. That is our website where we have all of our exciting podcasts, and including this one. And we have we have them in two categories, exciting and scintillating. You can take your pick or mix and match. Um, sign up for RSS feeds for the all the shows or for individual shows there or on iTunes or any of those other places. And we are also on facebook we have the two true freaks podcast page where we post up all our shows and we have the two true freaks cantina where we just hang out and blab all day all day and then if you really wanna you can go on to that uh that place they call Twitter, and you can look up Two True Freaks there, and there's a Two True Freaks page there run by by Lonesome Cowboy Gene, Gene Hendricks. I so. wish I knew how it had something to make Spurs sounds like ch, 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 Gene, but I don't have anything that makes a Spurs sound. <laughs> I'm just I'm just seriously disappointed that you don't have Spurs just hanging around by your... I always have noisemakers around, but yeah, I don't have Spurs, I guess. Yeah, here you are getting on to me about Usually I I have my keys hanging around my neck so I could have jangled my keys, but not today. Mm, No. mm. No, the best I got a police whistle over here. Yeah, nothing good. Sorry. Yeah, okay, but Chen, we just made spur sounds for you, Gene. It was really cool. (laughs) Uh, Gene, um, I've got one of those little hole punchers for pieces of paper. That kind of sounds like a spur, sort of. That's the metallic Wait, sound. What if I do this? What if I do this and go? Dum 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 dum. Wait. I wish I had a couple coconuts. I could have done the horse walking. This is a very long bit. So you can find me. Where can they find you? Yeah. Out, out on the lone prairie. You can find me at Jayguys and Jedi on Twitter. I run our Twitter account, and that's where I tend to post stuff like, "Why is CB23 translated? What the fuck is happening?" And then I freak out on Twitter. Um, you can also find me at Hope Molinex. I also have my website, geekygirlexperience.com, and I also write for the Geeky Waffle. So please check out both and give us a shout out over there. And Chris and I have another podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, which makes me forget to write listener feedback because I was working on it and I forgot. I'm sorry. But you can listen to us talk about cartoons over there. And we are finishing up Gravity Falls and then we have Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, you want to hear the title of next week's episode? Ah, uh, yeah. Next week's episode is The Mutiny. And we're gonna get an old fan favorite. I love the episode. Fan favorite. I, I, I will. I cry, and I'm just like, <laughs> Though next week's episode actually caused a lot of like, kind of like, 
moments in the fandom that was just like, but this could have happened. What the fuck? And it would have been awesome. And I still feel that way. And I will talk about it next week when we talk about the mutiny. Bow. Oh, the first episode of 2020. We were so young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Happy trails. Happy trails, Gene. <laughs> Bombadida, 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 clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes that helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two, Two True, True Freaks. Bye-bye.